Welcome to the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast, where we explore popular practices, songs, and ideas in the modern church world in the light of Sola Scriptura and Tota, tota Scriptura. I can't, I can't talk. I'm Cody Fields, the president of the Nosemister Family of Guitar Effects. You can check us out at westminstereffects.com and make sure you join in the discussion on the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge on Facebook. Uh, joining me in person is hopefully someone who has come up with an exciting title this week. <laughs> Let's see. Um... Bradley Cox, currently drinking coffee and already ready for lunch. Pastor in you, South Carolina. You and me both. <laughs> I could demolish some lunch even though it's only 1021 in the morning. I'm, I'm a grumpy preacher from Greer, <laughs> South Carolina <laughs> because I'm hungry and ready for lunch. And joining me via the internet... Hey everybody, John Ross here, Westminster Effects artist, Augsburgian Christian, also coffee drinker, and uh, it's it's only like 9.20 here uh, in my time zone, so <laughs> I just put away a donut, um, which <laughs> which I, I'm on the fence about, frankly. Um, <laughs> and sorry, well, I, think start, it, I think it was Brian Morris. Uh, I I'm not going to introduce myself that way, although it's true, this is a family program. Um <laughs> So if you don't know what we're talking about, head over to the Westminster uh, Docs, uh, the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge None on Facebook. None of us can talk today. Well, no, Bradley we hasn't proven himself yeah. able to speak. <laughs> yeah, but. so on, on, uh, the, on the donut, just real quick. Uh, so <laughs> here in the Midwest, like in the Iowa, like eastern Nebraska Midwest, we have a chain of gas stations called Casey's. Uh, they they are you know they have they have good coffee they have good uh, breakfast pizza Re- breakfast pizza is awesome and they have cake donuts that are super crispy on the outside and super cakey on the inside and it's awesome. oh man now my preferred cake donut from there is either a plain one so nothing on it at all or uh, sugar or cinnamon sugar this morning it was glazed with sprinkles. The texture was still there, but I feel it was obscured by unnecessary additions. So, yeah, sprinkles you know, usually serve no purpose whatsoever. I don't even know what they're made. They're made of despair and like d- disappointment. That's what sprinkles are made out of. I don't know. <laughs> so, John, start us off with uh, church this week. What'd you do? Uh, so, I was actually. Um, uh, worship leader in the sense of you know band leader for the week now that is part of my normal responsibility package here at christ lincoln uh, i share those responsibilities with another uh, uh volunteer josiah yankee good friend of mine uh although he primarily takes the band or at least the the worship leader uh, role on sunday mornings and in my roles are usually audio production uh, gear kind of music direction um, that sort of stuff and also of course uh, uh playing guitar often uh but he wanted a week off you know how dare him so he was like hey you want to do your your what was supposed to be once a month but actually didn't turn out to be once a month uh worship leader (laughs) role and uh he was like yeah sure um yeah you know we did a good set list uh did a few songs that uh uh that really uh really are are heart songs for me uh one of which is yes i will by vertical worship you know it's a newer one off their bright faith bold future album and I really like that song a whole lot. And then we finished off by one of my favorites for this year, My Feet Are on the Rock by I Am They. So musically, it, it went well. Um, you know, it's always difficult when, uh, for whatever reason, you know, your ensemble gets floaty around tempo, especially when you've got a click. And uh, because when those two start competing, like my heart gets torn in two because I'm like, do I follow the click? Do I follow the drums? I know I should follow the click, but I feel I should follow. I mean, it, it's weird. Um, and so we had some tempo issues at times, but, um, uh, but nothing, nothing technical, technically things went well. Second service was, was excellent. Uh, regardless, um, as far as preaching, uh, we had not quite a guest pastor. He's our, um, I don't know, our designated hitter, maybe, uh, <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> preaching. Um, so we have a a volunteer in our congregation, Norm Schaefer, uh, who is a uh, ordained uh, ordained pastor. 
uh, was in the ministry for uh, for a number of years, uh, and then went back to the public sector, um, and and now works with technology at, at the University of Nebraska. Uh, the reason he left wasn't for any you know nefarious reason. He just realized that he was called to preach and to baptize and to teach. And uh, I say baptize because that's his favorite thing. He he adores it. He gets so fired up. Um, but the pastoral <laughs> care part, he realized that he had not been equipped and called uh, to do that. Uh, so uh, he still has the, uh, at least at that time, but he still has the opportunity to, uh, uh, to present the gospel, uh, to which he does quite well. Um, on that, uh, this past weekend, so yesterday is, is the time of recording, we started one of the sermon series that I'm not a huge fan of. Um, and these are the Did ones... Did you start the movie thing? Yes. Yes. <laughs> And, uh, and, and so, yeah, this one was classic sports movies and runs for four weeks. Um, now, I should say, one of the reasons I'm not too crazy about the, the idea in general is because although the premise is using something, uh, you know, that, quote, everybody knows to reveal or to teach a truth about Scripture, similar to a parable, it's called parable preaching, right? Um, in the past, it had often been a situation where what I would leave worship that morning knowing more about a movie I hadn't seen uh, or wanting to watch mm. that movie mm-hmm. rather than go into scripture and spend time Poor in the Or people missing the entire point that Rudy was really just a complainer the whole time. <laughs> Hot take, sorry. You know, that's, uh, that's not one of the ones <laughs> on the list, uh, oddly enough. And maybe oh, it's because good, good, good. of that. We did the Sandlot. Um this uh, <laughs> this past week and you play um, ball like a girl. <laughs> the <laughs> as far as the movie is concerned, the main tag for it was um, heroes are remembered, but legends never die. Uh, yeah. Just I know, just such a <laughs> I mean, so, just such a weird. Cody loved that. She loved yeah. that. It's, yeah, it's just such a weird thing. Um. And, and here's it's like, the, well, well Jesus, Jesus died, but yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I don't remember. I don't remember the theme scripture. Like I have to pull up in planning center. That's how like, you, you know, know, but I remember every single sandlot clip that was played. And this is the problem with this execution on parable preaching. I just like, I just can't. I, I it's to me, to me with that stuff, it's all about how you do it. Yeah. If you're going to do it, which we could maybe have a discussion about whether or not that is truly helpful or harmful sure. um, in general. But if you do it, it's all about how you do it. I mean, when I was preaching through Romans 9, John, um, and we were dealing with some of those really tough statements from Paul about, you know, uh, vessels of wrath prepared for destruction and, you know, um, you know, Pharaoh the example of Pharaoh and, and mm-hmm. the, the way the way Paul is really, you know, just laying out for us the implications of the sovereignty of God. I used two or three clips, I think, um, in one of those sermons from a movie called Stranger Than Fiction. You ever seen that movie? Uh, no, but I know it by name. Yeah, so it's um, um, Will Ferrell. And uh, Dustin Hoffman's in it. Okay. And the whole premise of the movie is that Will Ferrell's life is being narrated or it's being written by an author uh, that he ends oh, up meeting. Oh, sure. And okay. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The yeah, author, yeah, yeah. she writes tragedies, and so he discovers that at the end of all her books or novels, the, the, the heroine dies. And so he's having to reckon with the fact that my story's being written, and at the end of this, I'm going to die. Um, and, but, but the, the conclusion of the movie is he, he realizes it's a great story, even though he's going to die at the end, mm-hmm. um, his death is a part of a incredible story. And so I used three clips from that movie to, I guess, illustrate, um, the fact that God is writing a story and within that story is triumph and tragedy from our perspective, 
uh, but it's a good story, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, absolutely. And, but, but we still walk through the text. That's the thing is you still walk through the text. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you exegete and, was, and you 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 exactly. the, the movie has to the movie has to lead or I say lead you, but you have to use the movie to get people to think yes. about what the words are in the text. Uh, mm-hmm. Rather than let's let's look at a text and then let that lead us to think about a movie. If you don't you get know, that I right, a, I think it, it, it falls yeah, apart. Yeah, it's a it's it's a starting point. It's it's where you go. And, and I'm not and I'm not here. You know, I'm not trying to say that the gospel wasn't presented. It's just a matter of how efficacious uh, the the method of I presentation was. Yep. And and I looked in Planning Center, and the verse that's in there uh, for the, for the theme scripture for the for this past Sunday isn't even the one that was was used. We used something from Acts. Um, you know, in the I got a bit of shell shock on this too because in the past, uh, I mean, the, the, the becoming more distant past, um, the uh, the movie series were often th- uh, uh, done with uh, decorations around or even on uh, the the platform. Um, you know, as someone who grew up and in, in the quote traditional uh, traditional church. Uh, it's not a stage. It's not a platform. It's a chancel area, you know, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I view it. And it took me a long time to even feel comfortable having, you know, seeing a band surrounding the altar, um, you know, let alone trying to justify a drum set in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, just because of, you know, sight lines and, you know, where does the, quote, visual energy of the room point, you know, it all matters. And, um, but, you know, the Dumb and Dumber once, and this was like seven, eight years ago, thank goodness. And they had the Dumb and Dumber <laughs> van made out of like shag carpeting and cardboard or something. And it didn't that's, look... That's right up our alley. I, uh, alley. Yeah, it didn't look... I'm, st- I'm still waiting for another Dumb and Dumber reference. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Ro- Romans 14 next week would... No, you're not preaching next week, are you? Is it Keith? Oh, but re- <laughs> regardless. But still. But still. You know, the... God's will prevails, and the gospel will be preached. Uh, but, you know, I think we need to be mindful that we should be good stewards of not getting in the way of that. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, I saw one of those, one of those memes on, uh, on Facebook. I think it was semi-Lutheran memes for barely reformed teens or something was the page or something. And... Uh, <laughs> It was it was the one where you have like a board like a like a, a business uh, like a board of directors. It's like how can we preach to millennials? And one was like, you know, great coffee. One was like uh, smoke machines and a good band. And the third guy, you know, that's kind of down on his his, uh, his uh, fist was like, we could preach scripture. And then he gets thrown out the window. You know, um, <laughs> it kind of just reminds me of that. Is uh, you know, just a it's a it's an interesting place to be. Um, you know, especially because, you know, I, I voice my, you know, my concerns and stuff on this and often met with, well, you know, this is one way that, you know, we see that we are going to uh, reach out to those who are de-churched, which is part of our core demographic, or at least has been. I just, I just don't know. I do know. I, that's not what the world needs. And, and, and so I, I struggle with that a little bit. But... Um, Nonetheless, R.C. Sproul has some uh, R.C. Sproul has some really hard words for building our worship services around the unchurched or de-churched. Have you, have you listened to any of his stuff on that? I don't think so. He just, I, you know, and and I tend to I tend to agree with him is that you know the fundamental purpose for church is believers gathered yeah and it's not that we're not mindful of the fact that there may be unchurched de-churched no churched among us we're certainly mindful of that and i think there are ways to um be inviting and create on-ramps for people um intellectually emotionally spiritually to engage but the the primary target really is believers on sunday morning not sure Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. That, that's that's what we're we're there to worship and glorify God. Unbelievers can't do that. Yeah. Um. And unless they're regenerate regenerated, so that it's it. T- there's just some philosophical things that I think 
really play into they play into these little things, don't they, John? Like if you're going to do an at the movie series, whether or not that is God honoring and effective from a discipleship standpoint is going to be determined by what your ethos is behind your Sunday morning gathering in general. I fully um, agree. What are we after? What are we about? You know, um, just wrapping uh, my side of this uh, up real quick. Um, you know, one of the times I had to, uh, I, I had to fill and preach was during an at the movie series. And it was uh, using the movie Sing, you know, the animated one where Buster Moon does the whole thing. And I think I actually mentioned it once or once or twice before on the show here. And, uh, you know, a couple minutes in, I was like, the, the kingdom of God is like nothing. It's, I mean, it's nothing like, is what I said. The kingdom of God is nothing like the movie Sing. And then I just went into scriptural preaching. I think that may have been... No, that wasn't the same one that I quoted Jonathan Edwards. That would have been weird. Anyways, um, I, I don't want our <laughs> listeners to, to get the idea that um, that Christ... John hates his church, everybody. No. <laughs> well, quite the opposite. Um, we know that, John. Right. Yeah, you know, but I, I just don't Mollies. want the listeners to to get the idea that you know I, I'm complaining about a good many things here because that's not that's not the case. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I would like to think of, uh, not just the, the three of us here, uh, doing the recording, but everyone who listens as a, um, you know, as a, as a council of believers, uh, together, uh, discussing things that, that matter to them. And at the end of the day, yeah. the gospel was yeah. proclaimed and we celebrate that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just something I think that we all need to be, uh, mindful about, uh, going forward. And, uh, and, and I do know that that you know these so, these gimmicky uh, sermon series have brought uh, long standing members uh, into the church, um, and sometimes a bait and switch is okay. Uh, but for someone who who doesn't need gimmicks that needs expository scriptural preaching, didn't quite hit the home for me. Uh, but uh, regardless, mm-hmm. um, speaking of expository scriptural preaching, how was Res this past week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we had a good Sunday. I uh, so. Yeah, uh, I played bass. Bradley, you played acoustic, and uh, Ooh, and did nice, and, and also played the vocal chords. Yeah, played the vocal. Chords. Yeah, so so I had half of a week off since it was bass. Um, <laughs> we did uh, we Would did a little like four sixths of, of the week off, four sixths. Yeah, two, two six of the week off, or how uh, that works. Yeah, you are, you are not wrong. Uh, we did a little <laughs> confession and uh, uh, assurance of pardon, of pardon uh, which which we don't, we haven't normally done, but we're looking toward implementing more stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was pretty awesome. Uh, and then you went into the last half of Romans thirteen, and, was, mm-hmm. and it was a whole lot of you know love fulfills the law. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there were even directions that you didn't go that you definitely could have gone. Not, not that I'm saying you did a bad job. You did a good job, just for the record. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but you were playing off of last week with the first chunk of Romans 13 of submitting to the government, and basically, yeah, just go from there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's I, your turn now. I, I don't know. I, I thought a lot about yesterday's sermon um, critically, but. Um, I, what I was the the first Sunday I just went through the first half of or last Sunday a week ago went through the first half of thirteen and talked about you know Paul's instruction to submit to governing civil authorities uh, and the reasons why he says that they are God's servants and ministers for our good God establishes them we went through all of that um, and talked about why that's important and why it's better that we have government and not anarchy. Um, sure. and so went through that. And then last Sunday I was, I was going to get to the question, um, that I didn't get to the previous Sunday of what do we do when, you know, those in authority over us, not just governmental, but also spiritual. I even mentioned wives submitting to their husbands. What do we do when those in authority over us, um, instruct us or command us to do what the Bible forbids or forbid mm. what the Bible commands? Um, and I used that question to go into the last part of chapter 13, where Paul says, Oh, no one anything except love. Love fulfills the law. Um, and my point was really that 
the root of Christian submission in general is love, love that ranks um, the, the well-being of others ahead of my own. And that that's at the root of everything that we do. And I used examples of Jesus where, like, for example, when he was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, um, the posse comes out to arrest him. Peter pulls the sword, cuts off the guy's ear. Jesus heals the guy's ear. Um, and then, and tells Peter to put his sword away. You know, he that, submits. That was, that was, I was going to bring that up, uh, last week when we recorded, uh, but you know, time got away from us. It was like, mm-hmm. that is exactly what that is. So it's exactly what that is. He, delayed he, revelation. He, he, he literally holds his, his hands out to be cuffed. He's not resisting arrest. He's mm-hmm. submitting, um, ultimately to God. And he says to them, he says, look, this, this hour is yours and the power mm-hmm. of darkness. Um, so this hour has been given to you. This is your moment. But I know my father rules over all moments. And so I'm going to submit here. I'm not resisting arrest. And I think that's a great picture of submission. Uh, I also talked about Peter and John when they heal the lame man. Thousands are saved. The The chief priests arrest them, bring them in for questioning, and they threaten them. Don't you, you, know, don't you dare keep on preaching in Jesus' name, and Peter basically says, look, you have to judge whether it's good or bad for us to keep preaching, but we can't stop preaching. We're, in other words, we're going to obey God, um, but you get to decide what happens to us. I think that's submission without compromising obedience to God. And mm. um, and so that was, that was kind of what we just really unpacked submission and what that means, what that looks like for the Christian, um, not just when it comes to um, those that we are under in terms of authority, but just in our relationships in general. Sure. Um, I kind of broadened that out. Uh, talked about even when a when a neighbor wrongfully sues us. Um, mm. How do we handle those kind of situations? How do we walk in submission? Um, and so I don't know, Cody. You can you can speak to whether or not it made sense. Yeah, I mean I, I mean getting to the to the neighbor thing it was yeah, you go get a good lawyer, you put up a good defense and even if you're wrongfully wrongfully convicted like you didn't negate any kind of appeals processes but no. but it's but it's okay, I can handle this injustice mm-hmm. because God's sovereign over all of this anyway. We don't have to as Christians, we don't have to freak out. Yeah. In um, principle what I said right. was it, if if a neighbor wrongfully sues you, you know, take every legal advantage you can to avoid a wrong judgment against you. But if the judgment ultimately doesn't go in your favor, then in principle, you pay the retribution and you forgive your neighbor. You yeah. know, that's Christian submission, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, so. it, it, exactly. It's not always a just roll over and take it. Um, I mean, the, the turn the other cheek piece, yes, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, that's awesome. And and I think that what's interesting is the way Paul concludes chapter 13 is he says, you know, um, the, the day is gone, the, you know, the, the day is far spent. There's an urgency, you know, Christ is coming, and if, if the Christian spends their life just hung up on the injustice that we might hmm you know, we might face in this life, you know, you miss the bigger picture. You miss the point that, you know, Christ is coming. Uh, all wrongs are going to be made right. Um, at the end of the day, um, if I'm wrongfully accused, um, I think there's there's a place for the Christian to go, you know, this light and momentary affliction is going to give way to um, a greater glory that far outweighs it all. Yeah, um, That's the the urgency that Paul gives at the end of yeah, chapter and, 13. And, and while you weren't explicit with this, this kind of flies in the face of the, uh, the intersectional neo-Marxist kind of, uh, hardcore social justice gospel people, uh, where, where the gospel does have implications for social justice, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, but we understand that ultimate justice is doled out by God himself, uh, at the resurrection of the dead. Yep. Uh, where if if we don't have perfect justice right now, immediately in the next two weeks or five minutes, <laughs> if you're on Twitter, <laughs> right, um, then then that's okay. God will take care of that. Either either yep. 
they'll bear that wrath and judgment or Jesus bore that wrath for them yep. and they'll be forgiven and then you'll be siblings. Mm-hmm. And that that's a lot of people really just like they, they struggle with that, that part and, and rightfully so. Like I'm not saying nobody should struggle with that, but I mean, that's a pretty big implication. Yeah. Uh, so John, your this was your idea to talk about for the main topic, which yeah. I don't think sh- I don't think it'll be a, an enormous uh, topic. But you were talking about, hey, let's talk about perks for worship yeah. teams. Yeah, Cue so us up, or tee us up or whatever we want to say. I don't know whichever whichever sports related uh, <laughs> reference. Um, so I was in Aldi the other day. Now Aldi is a is a grocery store. Um, uh, kind of more uh, warehousey style. It's like Costco, but like a fifth of the size, right? And a fifth of the a fifth of the size for everything. And you know, I was standing in front of the granola bars, and I was like, you know, I've wanted to bless uh, my fellow members on the worship team for a long time by having like a not like a treat basket, but you know, we ask them to come in, uh, you know, eight a.m. on a Sunday morning. Um, some of them are young, and those that aren't young have kids, you know, and so things could be difficult. Uh, I was like, you know, wouldn't it be cool to have, you know, granola bars or Cliff bars or, or something there that they could, um, you know, grab after after warm ups and uh, and do? And I just kind of stood there, and, <clears throat> and I was like, well, first I was like, do I want to spend my own money on this? Should this be a church budget thing? What are the implications? What if someone has an hour? You know, I kept, you know, I, I, I just start talking myself in and out of it. And I ended up not doing anything. Uh, but, you know, we have a coffee machine back, or a coffee pot back in the uh, worship office, the, the green room that some people say. Um, and I, I try to brew coffee, um, you know, every Thursday night for rehearsal and every Sunday morning for worship. Um, and, you know, I, I've mentioned before that at, at at 211 for Christ Lincoln, they, they do bake cookies, uh, tons of them, hundreds, thousands, probably cookies. Um, and at some point in the past, um, I think because, uh, we have a congregation member who works or manages a high V, which is another grocery store. Uh, we've started getting donuts, uh, not for, I mean, not a ton, but I think two or three big flats of it. And, you know, they get cut in half because we're stingy Lutherans or or whatever. And, uh, you know, those are available and there's coffee there. And then they can go and, uh, you know, you can, you know, there's Frappuccinos and and things. Like just the bottled drinks that, you know, you can can purchase for a suggested offering. Um, You know, that's how you get away with sales tax fraud, I think. Um, But, you know, well, anyways, while I was on the way back from Aldi, I, I called Cody up. I was like, dude. I think we should talk about this because I really don't know. Now, there are some other things perk-wise. Mm, excuse me. Uh, there are some other things perk-wise that, you know, we've done. Uh, you know, one of which was uh, I ordered a slew of strings from uh, from Stringjoy uh, when I was uh, with uh, Cody in uh, Nashville uh, this past summer for Summer Nam. Um Myself and then Cody's uh, PCB designer, uh, Kyle, and I went down to the Stringjoy uh, factory, uh, I guess, and uh, enjoyed some fellowship there and uh, got to meet the team. And I was like, you know, this would be this would be awesome. You know, this would be a, a good partnership for us to support an awesome, uh, an awesome business, and also bless the team with not like replacing their strings. Every time they want to replace their strings, here's a free set. No, not quite like that. But, uh, you know, everyone gets one free set, and then we have a bunch of extra um, for emergencies and a bunch of singles and things like that. And, you know, we've got a variety pack of picks and things like that. But, um, and, and we usually treat them to their first set of real in-ears because we don't want people, you know, trying to mix, you know, Apple headphones that they got free with their iPhone or whatever. Um, oh, boy. But, you know, that, yeah. Which happens sometimes. So yeah, it just led me to a to a question is like maybe we should chat about this and, and with, with really no desired outcome. Um, but I know that uh, another thing recently that has popped up are these worship partnerships. Uh, Covenant Cables uh, started it, and and as a Covenant Cables artist as well, uh, I signed up for a partnership between uh, 
uh, Christ Lincoln and, and them to, to get them some discount, to get anyone on, on our, our team a discount with a certain coupon code at Covenant Cables should they be interested because they're good stuff. And uh, Cody, you recently introduced one as well. Um, you know, so, Kyle Kyle Daly was right in Nashville. Is you really do a better job at promoting my brand than I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, <laughs> somebody's got to, right? <laughs> and, and perhaps that's the reason why I had just enough frequent flyer miles to book my trip to Anaheim for Winter Nam coming up hey. here in January. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, as my wife hears that through the vent above me, she's probably groaning. She's like, um, <laughs> but you know, n- nonetheless, you know, there, there's a lot of these, there's a lot of these things going on, and and even in in some comedy sketches with. Uh, um, not not the one who should not be named, but there, there's another guy who does like the Chick Fil A rap, and the mm-hmm. uh, the worship leader. Uh, I, I I can't remember his name, but Tim you know, Hawkins. He, no, no, no. He's a younger guy. Um, oh, but yeah, he does a Chick Fil A rap. He does. It was the. Uh, uh, it is my pleasure to serve you. It is you know or something mm-hmm. like that, and uh, does another <laughs> one where it's like stereotypical <laughs> worship leader where they're. Um, you know, he speaks in an Australian accent because he went to a Hillsong conference once and, and, you know, wears non-prescription glasses and he's sitting in the worship team room with them. He's like, I, you know, sorry about the fruit spread this week. And it pans over and it's his like Chiquita, like hat thing, you know, it's all over the place, tons of fruit. <laughs> and, uh, I promise we're going to try to get Chick-fil-A to open for us next Sunday. You know, just trying to, to be all that. Right. And, you know, it, it just begged the question is like, what is an appropriate way to show appreciation for our worship teams? I mean, that was a really long and drawn out intro, but what is a way <laughs> on a team full of what? What do you, what do you, what do you want? <laughs> um, well, I mean, that's, that's relevant to us because we're doing volunteer appreciation month. Yep. And yeah. yesterday we recognized our, our worship team. And, uh, and so, you know, that ends up being the one time a year where it's like, hey, if you, if you serve in this capacity in the middle of the service, stand up and we're going to uh, yep. recognize you. Of course, the people who were on that week were already standing up on the stage. <laughs> and, then, and then Patrick Lowry, who was playing drums, actually stood up mm. from his drum throne and I kind of made fun of him for it. Uh, <laughs> it's like, you, dude, you're on the stage like everybody knows. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, there's... I think at Res, our congregation does a pretty good job of of just telling everybody that they did a good job. Like I'll get old people coming up every week. <laughs> sure, uh, yeah. Like people people who you would not expect. Uh, you know, like your your blue haired ladies to use that that mm-hmm. old Southern Baptist term or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a Southern Baptist term. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. uh, but <laughs> consistently the older ladies are coming up saying, "Hey, you do a great job," mm-hmm. and it, and it's that's a little mind blowing for me, you know, like I, I, I wouldn't expect that. Um, but I, if I recall correctly, like at the very beginning of when I started playing here at res, you asked me what my strings were and I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I have like a thousand guitars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we don't really do anything like that. Uh, I mean, we at least have water available. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and then every that. now and then we'll hang out. Um, I think I think the biggest the biggest perk of being on a worship team, if you will, is really the relationships that you create, uh, the friendships that you get. Of, yeah, you know, not not just the stuff of that you find in common. Sure, uh, like you know, we we got a couple Braves fans, you know, so we'll we'll talk baseball or we'll talk, you know, almost every Sunday morning we're talking college football during. <laughs> football season of of whose team did what and what whose team managed to uh lose to south carolina this year which i'm pretty sure we won't do uh, and then south carolina lost to app state and i'm not going to complain about that um we're all over the map today what yeah is the yeah we're all we're all massively distracted i guess but um i should the, insert the, the sports being, center theme so if i wouldn't get sued yeah, the, by the, uh, ESPN. the the point being um one you have that that common ground of yeah. being in Christ, which is obviously the biggest thing, and that just opens things up uh, even more when you have the musical foundations. You can talk all kind of that stuff, and then you just end up with, you know, friends, yeah. core friendships in the church, right? 
So. Yeah, and, you know that's something that John, we, is we just. Oh, sorry, Bradley. Uh, that, that was something that we discussed actually after rehearsal on Thursday. Is that um, you know for many of us this is this is our social outlet as well as our creative outlet and uh, one of the primary ways that we serve within the church and and uh, you know we uh, we've been doing this brand new this year. I mentioned this last week that we've been recognizing a different ministry group uh, every week uh, to you know be recognized and and to prayerfully give thanks for them and. And so on and so forth. Yeah, I mean, so definitely same page on a few things. Bradley, what were you going to ask? I was going to ask, like, is your question about perks and appreciation for praise team, is is it coming from, and, and I ask this because I've, I've heard this question sure. raised before, um, is it coming from, like, a concern that maybe in the church, the praise team, because of just by nature of what they do every week um, are overprivileged um, treated as different from other volunteers in the mm. church in some way. Is that, is that kind of where your questions or the concern you know, that's hmm. underneath it? I don't know if I've ever, if I've ever necessarily felt that. Um, I mean, there's a, yeah, you know, there's always the the circumstances where those unexpected people will come up and say, you know, you did a great job, and like, oh, well, thank you, thank you. I don't even know you, and you said something that's that's awesome. You know, it's, it's humbling. Um, but you know, it, it, once a year, we, we we appreciate all of our volunteers. Like last year was a uh, well, actually, for the few subsequent years or preceding years, rather, uh, we would go to the Lincoln Zoo. Uh, all expenses paid for our, our volunteers, and um, we have some sort of partnership with them or, or something. So it wasn't a huge financial drain to the to the, the Christ Lincoln Foundation who sponsored it. But um, so that that was cool, you know, being able to walk around and, and see all the volunteers from all the different uh, ministry areas. I guess for me, you know, our our as many are our, our worship team is is uh, completely volunteer. Um, you know there there are a certain amount of expendables, not, not expendables, uh, um, consumables, consumable items that uh, certain members on the worship team need to you know just use uh, drumsticks, strings, picks, things like that. Um, and then at the same time, uh, you know I, I've seen a lot of posts in in you know the various Facebook groups on. How you know this one worship leader has a whole stock of you know something called throat coat, which I think is some sort of like herbal tea that helps vocalists or something, and or or, or just other things that that they have to to bless their teams. So it, it doesn't really necessarily the question that is doesn't come from a perspective of you know I think we're doing too much or I think we're doing too level little. It's just um, you know what are some ways that we can show appreciation to uh, in a specific way and, and, and bless those, those people who commit a, a large deal of their time in a way that isn't necessarily, quote, unfair to our other ministry areas, but at the same time equip our musicians uh, to, uh, uh, to do their best. And yeah. it's, it's just that there's some tension there. And... Uh, because I would love to bless them with every, I would love to be able to have, you know, you need strings, have some strings. You need, I mean, like forever, you know, um, you're vocalist. You need, you need vocal, you want vocal training? Sure. Here, go, you know, money, 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 you know, wh- whatever it is. I would love to be able to bless people to the ends of the earth on that. And like, what is the, what's the high watermark? What's the cutoff where it's like, okay, that's a bit too much. I mean, and obviously some things have to do with, uh, with the size of your ministry and, and, you know, what your budget priorities are and, and things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. There's, there's just, there's some, some tension in there because I don't have a good answer and it's not because I, I think we should do one thing and not another or vice versa. It's just, I don't know what we should do. Um, and, and things like the, the Westminster artist, uh, or the Westminster worship partnership program is, uh, is a great way, uh, to do that without any cost to the congregation. I mean, same thing with the covenant cables program. Um, but yeah, I mean, do you, I, I know there's plenty of places out there who have food and things in their worship space and I don't know, maybe, maybe, the, maybe I just needed to talk myself in circles and then go another year without 
making a decision for anything. I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think, I think you have to like, um, weigh, um, it, this is not a black and white question. You have to weigh, mm-hmm. um, a, a number of factors. I mean, you mentioned the size of the church and the amount of resource that the church has. Um, but let's just assume that we're going to take an average size church with an average size budget that has all volunteer members on their praise team. And if, oh, hey, that's us. Yeah, if you're going <laughs> to, if, if that's who you are, then I think you have to weigh, all right, what are we asking of these people? Um, um, what, what kind of sacrifice is that for the individual members of our team? Right. I mean, it's, it's one thing for me yeah. to ask a retired member of our congregation to come out on a, a day of the week during the day and, uh, help me rearrange our activity center for mm-hmm. an event that's coming up. Yep. That's not as big a sacrifice as it is for, you know, a single parent or, you know, a stay at home parent that, you know, has children to deal with and, and might have to, or, or has a job and would have to leave work Mm -hmm. and take time off of work, personal time to come and do the same thing. Um, so I think you have to consider your team and then you have to consider what kind of sacrifice are we, we asking of them, uh, to be a part of this team. And that's going to vary, you know, um, some churches rehearse more than others. They spend more time on that. Some, some churches have higher standards of personal rehearsal requirement prior to corporate rehearsal. And so when you weigh all those factors, I think then you can make decisions about, okay, do we provide strings? Do we provide water? Do we provide coffee, donuts, um, drumsticks, you know, all of that. Um, and, and then I've always taken the approach too. when this has just been my, you know, my way of handling it. When a member of our team comes to me and says, I need thus and so, or we need thus and so, mm-hmm. um, if it's in the budget, then I might say, okay, well, let's go ahead and do that. Or if it's not in the budget, I might, I, I've said to people before, I've said to Zeke when he says, hey, we need a new iPad stand um, or some whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's not in the budget, Zeke. What do you think? Um, well, I'll donate it or yeah. I'll give this much towards yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You know, I just kind of let people decide, hey, do you want to do you want to do something here or, or not? Because the church can't foot the whole bill, mm-hmm. um, maybe can't foot any of the bill. Is this something we need to pray about? Is this something we need to bring up the whole team? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to contribute? I just kind of let it go. You need sticks? Okay. Um, is that something you're going to provide or do we need to look into providing that for you? You know, I've kind of let people, if, if it's something, you know, when you, consumable that we have to have, then one way or another we're going to get it, but I'm not opposed to members of the team contributing to that. Um, sure. And as long as they're doing it cheerfully, I mean, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 let's, yeah. Let's let's bring the scripture in here. Um, is is our sacrifice one that we give cheerfully? God loves a cheerful giver, not just of money, but also of our time and effort and energy. And are we giving cheerfully? If we're not giving cheerfully, one of two things is going on. Either there's a there's a theological problem about what we're doing, mm. right? We're not thinking well about how we're serving, or the scales might be imbalanced in terms of, you know, wh- one of the things that I did, um, I've done several times when we have people on our team that have young children uh, that require care, um, is I've said, look, if your spouse is unable to care for your children so that you can be at rehearsal, let us know and we'll provide you with childcare. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. So it, it gives them the opportunity to provide their own. Uh, but if they're in a pinch, I'd rather them be at rehearsal. And I, we budget sure. a little bit of money every year for just, you know, week yeah. to week childcare if needed. You know, I think one of the things that this really boils down to, you know, thinking about this as well, is is kind of one of the major undertones of of our entire show is conversation. I mean, it turns it in like have communication, open and honest and uh, um, engaging communication with those uh, that you serve alongside with, and uh, and exercise discernment in those things. Um, 
you know, and, and that's one thing that I don't think I've asked. I haven't asked our teams like, Hey, would granola bars be nice? I just thought that it'd be a good idea, you know? Um, and you know, I, I know coffee's appreciated, you know, and I know the water obviously is appreciated and often, you know, a necessary thing, uh, as well. So you don't roach your voice out and things. Um, and you know, the, the additional strings were, you know, a, a point of blessing. Plus the church owns a, a couple of instruments that, uh, that, that could be, could be used for. But, uh, yeah, you know, I think mm-hmm. I'm going to take that to heart and, uh, and open up those lines of communication, uh, further. And, you know, I almost wonder if, if asking the question would show more appreciation than just having it there, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and so, uh, yeah, I appreciate that answer, Bradley. One thing I'd, I'd, I'd ask, uh, of our, of our listeners is what do you do? Uh, why don't you head over to the, uh, Doxology podcast lounge and, uh, oh, what? Come on. I'm trying once, to be once professional again, here. One, once good, again, man. You're yeah. Good. Once oh, again, geez. doing a better job at promoting the brand than I do. I could put my radio voice on. You <laughs> want me to put over. my radio voice on? Uh, hold on. Why don't you head over to the Westminster effects Doxology podcast <laughs> lounge on Facebook and uh, let us know what you do to support your congregation and uh, your volunteers. Uh, and and joining, joining us from Lincoln, via the internet, from Lincoln, Nebraska, John Ross, Augsburgian <laughs> church nerd, and, and Westminster Effects <laughs> chief marketing officer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it's cheap marketing officer. I think not also, cheap, yes. not cheap. Also, he so, had uh, a guitar pedal, and he's good. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but yeah, you know, let us know what you do. And, uh, and if we like your answer, we'll, uh, read it right here on anchor.fm. <laughs> uh, <you know. laughs> oh, let's go to the Inquisition, shall we? Uh, and yes, we should. <laughs> Does God run out of patience? How do we bridge the gap between understanding and application of Scripture? How do I deal with my kids who have left the faith? Does God forget our sin? Join the discussion on all these topics and more on the All 7 Days podcast, where Stan, who also happens to be my dad, and Trevor take your questions and answer them from the perspective of a couple of church members just having a discussion about spiritual matters. Subscribe to the All 7 Days podcast today on Apple, Google, Spotify, Overcast, or your other favorite podcast listening platform and check out all7days.com. First off from Brad Speed, here's a here's a pretty funny one. Bradley, you'll definitely get a kick out of the uh, final <laughs> example he gives. He says, who's next in the heretics line of, pedal, of pedals from Westminster Effects? <laughs> Furtick Fuzz, Kerpl- Copeland Compressor, or the Todd White Wah, which oh, requires awesome. you to stretch your leg to operate it. <laughs> um, for the record, again... The Osteen distortion is my is my one shot, my one blanket shot at the prosperity, okay. at the prosperity gospel. Okay. There won't be an entire line. I'm not doing Creflo Dollar or Joyce Meyer or uh, Ken Hagen or whoever. <laughs> but the the Todd White Wah, oh man, man, that's tempting. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, like if you do ever, you might want to go like just way back and do like the Aryan Auto Wah. Right or like the, <laughs> oh, the nos- man. or the Nestorius well, noise gate or something like that. Yeah, you know, for like, for a uh, little bit, I did. Speaking of Ottawa, I did have one that I, I only did a couple of them because uh, I, I realized that there wasn't really a demand for it, and I called it the Auto Water of Life. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how y'all have brain cells for that. But this is what I do. I just I think of I think of puns. <laughs> I, I should have you call Bradley, one of our league guitar am, players and inform him that uh, uh, Ottawa is not popular. I think Bradley, it would be a I am the Nick Purdy of guitar pedals. You, it's true. You really are. You, you really are. If, oh, if we, we need to bring Mick on the show and just give him like 10 minutes to just roll him off. Yes. Like, he is the one-liner joke guy. <laughs> yeah. You ought to come up with some that are like not as, uh, not as obvious, like uh, 
I don't know. I'm so cheesy with this stuff. The Billy Graham Clean Channel or the <laughs> the well, I did I did just come out with uh, I also don't know enough about guitar pedals. Yeah, well, I did to. just come out yeah. with with the Exegete, which is playing off of the original name of the of the Bixonic X Pandora. So you got the X's there, you know. So there's you know it's is not that quite is as that obvious. how you pronounce it Exegete? Because there's totally sigmas in in the name. How about you shut up? <laughs> I've been getting sorry. I've been getting I, I know. so That's much the only crap. I didn't even notice. I didn't even notice, but I saw it yeah. on all of the comments, and I had to say you know, something. Oh, we do man. read your you comments, know, people. We do read them. God, God forbid that I take some artistic license <laughs> with Greek characters. <laughs> anyway. I don't, I don't uh, know. Artistic license can often be reckless, Cody, so I, I don't know if... Uh, oh, man. Good grief, John. Wow. <laughs> Zing. Uh, we didn't earn that, and we didn't deserve it. Um, <laughs> still, still, though, gave it away. Uh, <laughs> oh, we're just going to leave the 99 and go on to uh, Brian Morris's question. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, uh, good grief. Uh, what mediums, and I think the proper plural of medium is media, what media could or should Christians be doing a better job utilizing more for the advancement of the gospel? And he gives the example of a severe lack of solid, solid Christian content for kids on YouTube. Uh, I think mm. that's a pretty fantastic question, uh, particularly yeah. with the fact that so many uh, Christian media uh, examples, like especially movies, end up being like a bait and switch for a sinner's prayer, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like, uh, what was it? God yep. is not dead. Where, where the atheist with literally no redeeming qualities, he was just like a, a stock <laughs> bad guy, like maniacally bad atheist where all of a sudden at the end, he gets hit by a car and asks Jesus into his heart or something like that. Right. Um, that wasn't the Kevin Sorbo one. Was it? I don't know. I don't know. I can't keep up with no. all of these cheesy that, Christian that, movies. I God, I don't re I don't watch them. Like I, I've never either. seen Fireproof. You know, I've never seen what the is Christian it? The, Mingle movie was pretty hilarious. The actually. prayer room or whatever the the war room. It was, it was unintentionally whatever. hilarious, but it was hilarious. <laughs> but Bradley, what are um, your thoughts on this? Oh, <laughs> Cody doesn't want to hear my voice anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't want to sound like Debbie Downer here. Um, I, I, I'm all for media being utilized for the advancement of the kingdom and the gospel. I mean, are there certain types of media that the church could take better advantage of? Maybe. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting old, but I, I feel like the – what the church lacks is not more media. What the church lacks in, in large part is more incarnational ministry. And I don't think media is incarnational. Sure. I mean, I think what you, you sure. kind of hinted at it when you said that um, media tends to, when, when, when we use media, there's, there's this, I don't know, this pull towards oversimplification and transactional type uh, approaches yeah. to things that I think aren't good i mean we you know um it it's where where have the majority of major christian leaders um fallen you know it's like it, it i'm not saying it's because of media but media right. has a way of just making ministry about a transaction how many people can we get to watch how many how much how many dollars can we bring in um and you know Media is not face to face. It's not person to person. There's not this. Uh, you know, I, I just think ministry fundamentally is meant to be incarnational, and media has a way of pulling us away from that. And so, I'm I'm less inclined to think hard about mm. what are the media outlets that we're not taking advantage of. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm fine with that. I'm fine with churches streaming their services. I'm fine with mm -hmm. going on TV. I'm fine with. You know, Christian content for kids on YouTube. I mean, um, but I'm more for that so that if the, you know, like our our children's ministry team uses YouTube content to supplement incarnational ministry 
right right there hands on with kids yep. and so i don't know maybe i'm not the best person to answer that question i think i mean i think go ahead john and i'll oh, and i'll wh- wrap up the thought after you do yeah yeah you know after uh uh you know after listening to you bradley i mean that that is something that needs to be considered is is youtube uh yeah sure it's it's fr- it's free to watch uh it's free to publish but it's not i mean it's really not free to make um Mm-mm. Not I mean, you know, so to put all of all of the effort and resources into quality production uh, to to get something uh, on par with, uh, with with you know other topics within within media would take it a, a enormous amount of resources, and so there's there's a bit of a uh, a priorities uh, you know, tension there. Um, one thing I would say is, it, although it's it's not free, uh, there is a uh, uh, visual video media YouTube esque thing that's primarily Christian content called Right Now Media. Uh, mm-hmm. It's uh, I mean there, there's good content on it. Uh, I, I don't know what's there for kids, but if you haven't looked at it, go go ahead and, and take a look. I think you technically need to sign up with. Uh, I mean, some faith body to get access to it or, or something. Uh, but like, for instance, the Nebraska district of the Lutheran church, Missouri Senate has, uh, has an association. So we can just get that content. Um, it's like eBooks or, or audio books down at the library. You know, you, you, you've got to get a library card before you can get access to those audio books and it's the same sort of deal. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of resources to be, to be invested into something like YouTube, uh, that, would potentially uh, display questionable advertisements, uh, you know, in order to, you know, recoup costs and, and things like that. So uh, those are definitely things that, that should be weighed. Uh, but I'm, I'm right with you there on Bradley. It's like media can be a good tool. And, uh, and I think that we should explore alternative options for screen-based entertainment for our kids. You know, I'd much rather them watch... Uh, you know, old school Veggie Tales or McGee and Me, rather than uh, most anything else that's <laughs> on the internet ever. Uh, but uh, you know, we, yeah, I mean, spend time face to face. Yeah, I think, I think in terms of Christian media, we should probably treat that how we should also be treating uh, evidential apologetics, mm-hmm. where. One, we have to fix our theology. Uh, you, you have to have that right. You have to be faithful at home. You have to be faithful in your church. And then the evidences uh, for the believer increase their confidence in the message, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, because the unbeliever, until God gives them a new heart, is just going to keep hating God until until he gives them a new heart. So what we should be doing is, whether it's... I'm. We haven't had a John Piper reference. If I listen to a John Piper sermon or a Doc Devo podcast, uh, that helps me grow in the faith. Sure, and that I think that should be the main goal of Christians within media. Is is yes, we have faithful proclamations within uh, our resources because we're preaching the gospel to ourselves constantly anyway. Right. And and if and if an unbeliever watches that and gets saved, then awesome. Right. No one's going to complain about that. Right. Right. Uh, Last one. Bradley, this is right up your alley with some of the stuff that we've been doing. TJ Schistler asks, and I got to be careful with saying that last name. um, (laughs) uh, How much or how often should the church be telling the congregation about opportunities to serve? And I'm assuming uh, we can take two... uh, Two ways of asking that: serving in the church, and then serving in the community, mm-hmm. uh, where you know we had Halloween hoopla. We have uh, teams serving at our local soup kitchen uh, pretty regularly, um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so, how often, or, or how much, is what he asks? I mean, for me, that's a feel thing. Um, the, you know, I talk with our staff a lot about. Uh, when we're when we're presenting too many asks at one time mm-hmm. um you know no, nothing gets the attention that it needs right uh things get too spread out spread too thin 
Um, and I, I don't want people coming to church and being bombarded um, with requests. Right. Um, I, I just think that there's a there's a feel thing for me that's really hard for me to put into a do it this much and this often kind of thing. Yeah. Is that I just try to weigh. Uh, for one thing, we we're actually going to have this meeting tomorrow. We'll have a, a 2020 calendar planning meeting where we just go through the the whole year. Uh, next year, at, from a calendar standpoint, we look at all the things we have planned, um, and we ask questions about, okay, what kind of resources is this going to take? What are we going to be asking people to do and sign up for and be a part of and participate in and serve? And we kind of map the whole year, um, and there's there's a lot of reasons why we do that, but one is so that we can sort of be prepared for, all right, if we've got this, you know, um, big fundraiser coming up here mm-hmm. or this big initiative here, we're going to be asking a lot of our volunteers to participate in this, then we need to weigh carefully what asks happen between now and then. Um, I just think it's planning. It's it's really about planning and then just discerning um, where your church is at, um, you know, how much have you been asking of them, the size of your congregation, the size of your volunteer base, uh, all of that factors in. It's a it's very much a feel thing for me. Oh yeah, yeah. You got anything over there, John? No, I I would agree on on all points. I mean, we have to make sure that we prioritize and uh, exercise discernment in in making decisions like that. Uh, mm. But by all means, I mean we are called to serve, and the local congregation should uh, make sure that we enable and equip our our uh, our parishioners to do so. Uh, but uh, overwhelming them or, or taking them, uh, it, it, like you said, Bradley, if there's a, a large event coming up that we need a lot of help for, um, perhaps it's best not to burn them out on a bunch of other stuff first. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's uh, certainly balance. And, uh, yeah, I mean, one of, one of the big things that we kind of lose sight in in modern church structures is that the weekly gathering is so the sheep can eat. Um, and if, and if the sheep keep feeling like they get to church and before they can eat, they have to feed everybody else without being fed themselves, then, you know, you're going to starve. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, Paul talks about where, you know, the spiritual leadership gifts in the church are, are given by Christ to his church to equip them for ministry. And I think part of that equipping for ministry um, is, you know, discerning where the congregation is at, but also making sure that the 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 on and off ramps for serving are well paved and smooth as possible. I don't have a problem asking a lot of people if what I'm asking them to do is organized, excellent, uh, well done, and the and the the big picture why is clear. You know, people will people will bleed for you. They will serve. They will work their fingers to the bone if you, if the particularly the vocational people in the church, like you know the staff. I think one of our main jobs is to uh, not make it easy for people to serve, but make it make it clear and accessible the opportunities. And and when people do show up, that there's there's organization and and not chaos, right? So that they can jump in and participate. Um, you know, in a way that's, you know, you're, you're, there's not unnecessary hurdles to serving. Um, I think that's part of the the staff's job is to to do that so that because I can ask a lot of somebody if you know like here's an example, and I know we got to go, but I had a neighbor years ago ask me to come help them move. Mm-hmm. All right, which I've done. Many times I've, I've asked people to help me move. I've helped others move, but I said, sure, I'll come help you move. These were good friends of ours and neighbors down the street. And so I show up at the appointed time to help him load up his moving truck. And his immediate invitation was to invite me into his backyard storage shed, which was to, to say it was oh, no. chaos and disorder and had not even begun to sort through would be a gross understatement. Oh no. Anytime I ask people to help me move, I've 
packed and organized and I'm ready for them to show up and help me do the heavy sure. lifting. Right. Um, and I don't mind working hard, but when I've got to sort through, you know, spark plugs in his shed and, and whether or not he's going to keep them, I mean, it's like, that was just, that was a frustrating day. I had to, yeah, you know, check my attitude. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Anyway. Very yes. All right. Uh, well, let's leave it there. You can uh, follow us and comment on Facebook and Instagram. Make sure you leave a five-star review on iTunes. Support the show at anchor.fm. You can donate money and help us improve. You can pledge to donate $10 a month for a year and get your choice of a Piper Drive version 2 or a Wycliffe Fuzz. I'm going to leave you with... John, did I did I leave us with uh, my cover song using the pink treble booster before? I don't think uh, I did. No, I don't. Th- what song was it? Okay. Funeral for a Friend was no, the band, so. which I know, I understand, that's like the most emo band name ever, but you're just going to have to deal with it. Uh, <laughs> so here you go. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is Cody for Westminster Effects, introducing you to the Pink Treble Booster, named after A.W. Pink, and obviously in the color pink, uh, in the early days of of rock and roll and metal, uh, pretty much every guitarist just dimed out their amp, just cranked it for their overdrive and distortion, a lot of times that ended up being kind of woolly, overly bassy, kind of dark, so the Dallas Rangemaster solved a lot of that, it it boosted the high-end frequencies, and uh, that's what the Pink Treble Booster does here. Um, but you also see it has an adjustable gain control as well as an adjustable range control. So when this is maxed out, this is acting as a traditional treble booster. And as you roll it back, it introduces more boosted frequencies into the chain. So we'll start off here using this Agile Les Paul style with Lambertone grinders. Uh, using a Boss Katana because it, it actually does a pretty good job if you haven't checked one out. And uh, the Westminster Effects Golden Chain Cables will we'll do a little more traditional style of using this pedal first, but then we'll stack it with an Edwards Overdrive and, and you can see how it really helps open up a lot of tonal possibilities. So here's a clean tone. Not really clean. Bye.